0: Welcome to the Regional Update with me, Jessica Strauss, the Weed Smart Communications Lead. Each fortnight on Mondays, we interview a local expert from a different cropping region to provide you with a regional weeds-focused update. Let's get into it. In this edition of the Regional Update, we're heading to the southern region and catching up with nutrient agronomist James Chalice. James is based in Echuca in Victoria and will be giving a bit of an update on his region. James does join us now. How are you going, James.
1: Well, oh, travelling well up here on the border, thanks, Jess. Uh, certainly a place of action with the campers, caravans and boats all trying to flee for the to the great northern promised lands of New South Wales with the recent announcement.
0: Oh, yes, we are recording just as the, uh, yeah, the announcement of the lockdown in um, Toria. I don't know the details of it, but I'm sure we'll all know shortly. <laughs> but, yes, uh, I can just imagine that scene, James. But, James, can you give us a bit of an overview of your role firstly? So yeah i'm a uh, agronomist based with nutrient uh, out of Achuca,
1: so that this region specializes in dry land and irrigated pasture and uh, broadacre cropping for both winter and summer
0: yeah cool and just talking a little bit more about your region what what are the typical farming systems and conditions that you get in your region james
1: so aca is on the banks of the Murray, so two and a half hours drive north of Melbourne, so the average rainfall through here is in that 420mm area and with a relatively flat landscape and sitting at the junction of the Campaspe and the Golden Rivers, irrigation water is able to support a diverse range of farming systems up this way, so as you mentioned, dry land, irrigated winter and summer crops and pastures for dairy, beef and sheep, uh, plus intensive horticulture and viticulture. So uh, once out of these irrigation zones, though, we move back to more traditional dry land cropping, uh, fodder production and mixed operations uh, would be the typical systems.
0: Okay, excellent. And what kind of conditions have you been getting in your patch over the last few weeks?
1: So uh, following a uh, drier than average summer, uh, the region received a significant rainfall in the third week of March. So that was anywhere between 40 to 80 mil, depending on where you were. And this timing was brilliant for our dry-sown grazing cereals and canolas, but did create some headaches for the irrigated pastures, leading to some burst seed requiring uh, resowing. But for the traditional winter cropping operators, this rain allowed the soil profile to be recharged enough to give enough confidence for planned dryland canola paddocks to gear up ready for sowing in uh, mid-April but after that the tap turned off and uh, the following eight weeks rainfall consisted of six mil falling over five separate events. So similar to many southern regions, uh, given retreating soil moisture over this time, we've experienced a lot of patchy germination, uh, mouse damage, frost effects certainly becoming worse in the uh, thicker stubbles and shot seed So, and all these issues have just been correlated back to soil type double loads, seeding systems, uh, the presence of livestock and some weed control. But on Tuesday, we're lucky enough here to receive 10 to 17 mils, which should be enough to strike crops on the heavier soil types and uh, the stranded shallow sown seeds. So hopefully it should be enough to get our pre-emergence chemistry uh, activated and, uh, yeah, stay in action.
0: Yeah okay that's good news. I would like to focus specifically on the irrigated cropping that you mentioned. Can you talk us through some of the issues in regards to weed control that um, growers are facing in that space?
1: So in the irrigated pasture area uh, when we put on that particular hat the biggest issue would certainly be barley grass in the rye and clover pastures. So traditionally in around Echuca we would pre-irrigate to actually strike the vast majority of the barley grass, so that would be late February, early March as the ground temperature is starting to cool. Uh, This provides an opportunity to give it a really nice clean knock before sowing the higher value annual and Italian rye and clover mixes, and then we'd run a second water over this to ensure a nice even germination. But look, over the last few seasons, the water price uh, has risen to the extent that many growers now dry sow. And water uh, up these paddocks in early March in an effort to reduce water use at the start of the season. But uh, look, this has encouraged the proliferation of barley grass to establish with the rye and clover, and with very limited options to selectively remove it from the uh, the rye, we now have the majority of these heads emerging in August, dropping pasture quality away and producing very ordinary silage and hay that would also be downgraded or potentially not even eaten. So these paddocks are either forced to be renovated early to set up for summer forage or they could be potentially long-term fallowed or if they needed to be brushed up or whatnot over the summer months. But uh, regarding the selective spraying of barley grass, we try to avoid using straight shaftles or straight annual clovers just because it's a bit too much rocket fuel for the cows. So we prefer to have a bit of grass in there to uh, provide that bit of uh, fibre. And uh, thankfully water prices dropped this year and it has allowed growers to get a solid knock in place. And so these longer season Italians it will provide quality milking feed right through to early summer if, uh, if they've got the irrigation water. And look, in these situations, broadleaf weeds, they've been very easy to control just using spray grazing techniques. Uh, the old cow finishes up anything that the that chemistry isn't able to.
0: Oh, great. That's good to hear. And what about some of the longer-term outcomes for some of these enterprises in relation to uh, issues like herbicide resistance? Do you have any advice around uh, that particular issue at all, James?
1: So in the irrigated pasture phase around here, there's certainly fop uh, resistance sneaking into to our annual grasses. And in the lucen, so over summer, we're, we're certainly seeing barley grass again, resistance to spray seed. So yeah, we're certainly going to have to get a bit proactive there on, on different, different ways to manage it in these phases. Certainly, some other chemistries coming through that we can use. But, uh, and, and over-sowing and using, again, crop competition and whatnot in pastures, whether it's yeah, over-sowing with thicker plants or in cross-sowing to try to you know, manipulate more seeds per given area. You're utilising a few of these techniques to try to to try to get back on top of them.
0: Yeah, great tips, James. And speaking more broadly, uh, do you have any specific tips around weed control for growers in your region, whether it be in those irrigated pastures or otherwise?
1: I suppose it goes back to those big six points that we always uh, touch on. Yep. So following the March rains, we've certainly been very lucky to have the opportunity to apply some very solid double knocks around here or some uh, single paraquat knocks across the majority of the cropping areas. Uh, however, up to this rains, we've certainly seen paddocks that are very dry, like dry clean. So with this rain, we should see the majority of the crops up and away. And so the first challenge will be later than ideal post-emergent applications in small canola, pushing further into the colder, frosty months than we normally would be applying. So uh, this will create a few challenges naturally, ensuring crop safety timings are adhered to for the larger and likely higher yielding plants that uh, come up with the uh, patchy germinations. Yeah, uh, And with the majority of crop and the weeds emerging at the same time, it is likely that the extra pressure will be put on the boom sprays to navigate timely post-emergent applications across all crop types whilst avoiding the uh, environmental restrictions, namely frosts that we're going to be uh, coming up against. Yeah. So I think from that side, I think the big one would be recommend taking the time for operators to ensure thorough decontamination between crop types to take the time batching as more products may be added to the spray tank to increase the efficiency of operations given how time poor we will be certainly over the next few months and potentially consider employing contract sprayers early to take off the the pressure off any sole operators and to improve that timeliness.
0: Yeah, that makes total sense. James, looking forward into the future, is there anything else that growers need to be mindful about when it comes to uh, their farming systems more generally?
1: Certainly there are just, and along with that, the big six techniques for the weeds, but I think for around the chuca, because we do have a lot of intensive horticulture, viticulture and, and summer cropping, we do have that green bridge effect for uh, insects. So I think insecticide resistance is a, a, a very real threat to this area. We're certainly already dealing with it and with the inclusion of uh, some of those four army worms that did make their way down here, but also just in-house uh, insects just uh, from the, the local area. So that will be something that I think we will be working much harder on over the next couple of seasons.
0: And James, is there anything else you would like to leave growers with in your region? Uh, any final tips before we wrap things up?
1: Well, I suppose for the, the longer term ones, certainly the diversity of the enterprises around Echuca, uh, We're lucky enough to currently have local markets for all our fodder. So uh, leading to an opportunity for, if it's too dry to be able to put in canola, we've got the opportunity for, if we get a later break, to come back with legume, cereal, silage or hay. So this enterprise choice has certainly been utilised by a number of growers to minimise the production risk while ensuring a, a proper break phase is implemented in these paddocks that really need it where dry land canola has been too risky. So for cereals... So starting using the disc seeders this year, the big ones will be making sure we get in there nice and early with those box of gold type top-ups as soon as possible once that cereal uh, reaches the, uh, the the correct growth stages. And I suppose, yeah, keep a few paddocks available to try some of these new chemistry options. We have a plethora of available to us at the moment.
0: Yeah, no, that's great tips, James. Well, you've given a really good overview of uh, your region and some great tips in there for farmers and agronomists who are based in your patch to follow. So thank you so much for taking the time and having a chat with us on the regional update.
1: Not a worry at all, Jess, thank you.